is Sinegra with three targets to his right. One of them is Joseph. He's going to go to the end zone. Complete touchdown, touchdown, Calgary. And what a touchdown it was. Maxim Tulloch. Episode number three of Dinos Unfiltered going down right now. I'm Jeremy Lee alongside Max Sterley. Mad Max, you're back. What up? Uh, great to have you here once again. And uh, just a, a crazy weekend for Dinos sports. And let's begin with football. They beat UBC and go to 3-0. and They retain first place in the Canada West. 112 points, 454 against. Uh, that was a remarkable game because they were down early, right, Max? They were down 13 nothing, and then they came back 47 unanswered points to win, 47-13. Um, and they were getting help from everyone on the field. Defensive touchdowns, offensive touchdowns. Sinagra had another beauty of a game. One of the guys we were chatting about before this, Jeremy, Matson Tulloch, who came into the game, and he had a monster game, didn't he? Yes, he did, Max. He absolutely did. Uh, he had <laughs> two back-to-back touchdowns. Yeah, seven catches, 78 yards. Great performance from him. Two TDs and one that I believe was sec- second in plays of the week for Dinos. That diving catch at the one of the corners of the end zone. That was nasty. And you heard from Matson Tulloch in the opening segment there. Um, how about that defense, though, hey? Yeah. Fierce. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. The defense coming up strong again like that. I don't know. It, it's funny that chatting way earlier on with Hunter Carl about parody and then, you know, coming up with a game that they just had, like just another dominating performance, both defensively, offensively. And of course, that Dean Leonard pick six, 72 yard pick six. Um, that was a beauty. The ball kind of popped up and he turned on the Jets about, I believe, at the 50 yard line. Just had the QB to beat, and he just shimmy-shaked him before he walked in into the end zone. That's his second pick six in the season already. Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It was it was very reminiscent. Fantasy points. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> Dino's defense would be a great pickup right now. And, you know, that, that pick six, I mean, in if we're looking back to Sunday uh, with the NFL, the Patriots and Dolphins in their game, I think they threw, like, when the Dolphins got the ball on offense, I think they threw three picks in a row. Ryan Fitzpatrick was just teeing him up. But there was one where Fitzpatrick threw it to Balage and he just dropped it, and it went right into the hands of one of the Pats defenders, and he ran it in. It was exactly like the Dean Leonard pick six. He's going to be known pretty soon as Dean, please throw it my way, Leonard, because <laughs> quarterbacks are probably not going to want to target him anymore. No. It's incredible. Not at all. And that and that breakaway speed was off the charts. Oh. Off the charts. And we talked about Sinagra, 26 of 38, 237 yards, passing four TDs. Yardage might not be there, but again, he was opportunistic, four touchdown passes. No question. Uh, for the reigning Heck Crichton Trophy winner. Um, yeah, so up next, Regina Cougars here at McMahon Stadium. Don't miss out on that. Women's rugby, let's quickly jump over to that. Uh, they win 19-12 to 12 over the U of A Pandas. Um, they scored uh, 19 points early, and then they just nursed that lead and hung on. <laughs> Those are some crazy games to be a part of, where you jump out to that early lead, and then you're doing everything in your power to just not give it away. Well, in a way, you, and I don't know, maybe I'm just winging this here, but in a way, you can get pretty complacent when you have a lead like that. And, you know, 
a win's a win, obviously, holding on for a seven-point win. But, you know, maybe, and I know this can be said in a lot of other sports, and maybe you want to, you know, have a bit of a more consistent effort through the game. But, you know, they won on Pride Fest, and it was a great atmosphere at the game, too. I think over 400, nearly 500 people came or turned out for the game. And, um, yeah, really big win for the girls there and good way to start their season. Cassidy Jones, Paige Miller, and uh, who we talked to last week, Allie McDougall, her roommate, Berlin Seselja, with the tries for the Dinos. So the Dinos now with a 2-1 and one record. Up next is a date with the Lethbridge Pronghorns down in the Windy City. Uh, that takes place on Saturday. Let's quickly touch on men's and women's soccer. First off, the men, they win against Fraser Valley 3-2 on Friday and then drop a one nothing game to Trinity Western following that. Uh, so they now move to 4-3 and three on the season. Uh, any thoughts from that, Max? Well, the Saturday loss, if there's one thing to take away, Ryszkowski in goal, dominant. 17 shots against, 16 saves. I've, the Dinos got outshot 29-3 if you're including the missed opportunities. Hmm. And so even in a one nothing loss, you take that away and you know that you have a goalie that can just be an absolute stud. And Ryszkowski... You know, he's really come into his own. I remember watching him in first year. He only kind of played in, you know, end-of-the-season games or when they were out of it or, you know, they were gearing up for playoffs. And he's come a long way in a couple of years. And, you know, he shows it off stopping 16-17. to 17. That's that's pretty crazy in any soccer game, let alone this one. In the uh, 3-2 victory against Fraser Valley, the Cascades, Eric Cosba scored Cobza. My mistake. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Hopefully. If he's listening, please let me know if that's right or wrong. Uh, he scores 16 seconds into the game. <laughs> that's incredible. That and then fastest goal in Dino's <laughs> history, probably? It's got to be up there. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll check the stats. <laughs> we, we need a stats guy <laughs> yeah, to check yeah. for us. And then he also scored the game winner in the 61st minute. So uh, big shout out to Eric uh, for getting it done for the Dinos in that game. Uh, women's soccer... They are now at 3-0-1 after a couple of victories, 4 nothing against Regina and a 2-1 victory against the U of S Huskies. Uh, that game against Regina, Taylor Dangerfield scored early, and then Montana Leonard with a couple of goals and Makuska with a oh goal. Oh, my God. Did you see Makuska's goal? I did not. So number one play of the week, by the way, not a big deal. So off a, off a free kick, I don't remember who kicked it over to her, but they kind of faked it and sent it over to Makuska, who's on the right side of the f- of, of the pitch. 40 yards out, like like you're in FIFA 19. She just tees oh. it up and like kind of floats and goes into the top right corner. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that was insane. I couldn't believe it. Like, Kate showed it to me, and I was just like, she's like, you have to see this goal. I was like, okay, let's see it. And then sure enough, a 40-yard bomb. Just It was so casual too. Like just, yeah, whatever, top corner. That's amazing. 3 nothing. So, yeah, I believe that was in the 52nd minute. And, um, yeah, they, they really got it done. And this team, you know, with all their success last year, has not slowed down one bit. They're looking really good this year. How about uh, Montana Leonard now with five goals to lead the Canada West just incredible performance from her this season. She's been probably the most consistent player for the Dinos this year. No question. And she kind of came into her own last year. I don't remember how many goals she scored, but she really started to show herself as an offensive threat. And we're, what, two weeks into the season, and she started leading Canada West. Like, super impressive from her as well. 
So the Dinos take on Mount Royal University this coming Friday for the soccer installment of the Crowchild Classic. Don't miss out on that. Uh, field hockey, let's transition over to this sport on the pitch. Dinos drop a pair of tightly contested matchups to the UBC Thunderbirds. 2-1 uh, on Saturday during the first ever Pride Fest, like you had alluded to before, Max. And then 4-3 on Sunday in the rematch. We had a special guest on um, that we talked to earlier, Jenna Birch-Jones from Women's Field Hockey. And we talked to her prior to these two games coming up. But uh, yeah, she gave us a good insight into um, you know how the season was going to shape up. And kudos to the Dinos. They're just keeping it close. I mean, it's not the result they wanted, but... It also kind of is because they're taking some steps. Absolutely, they you know even if they aren't wins, there are steps in the right direction, and that's something Jenna really touched on a lot. Is that you know with a new coach coming in, there's a new mindset with the team, and they're going to learn a lot from this stuff. And two one-goal games against a really tough squad against UBC, that's always good. And they're you know putting up four goals over two over two games, that's really good as well. And as w in the second game, they were down two nothing at one point or another and they came back and tied it they had two quick goals and that's that's super impressive to look at as well when you know they're not getting down over being over being down to nothing they're they're still pushing and trying to get back into the game and they did they they brought it to a tie and then they went back and forth and ubc came out on top but not a bad start for for women's field hockey definitely a step in the right direction so upcoming uh, is a pair of games once again at Hawkins Field, this time against the Victoria Vikes. Uh, that's going to be a tough matchup as well. But we just wanted to say a huge shout-out to Jenna Birch-Jones, a.k.a. Jonesy, a.k.a. Birchy. Uh, it's Jonesy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to call her Dashy. How about that? Dashy? I mean, Jenna Birch-Jones? Dashy. Anything with a Y at the end of it works. Yeah. Like for whether it's hockey or field hockey, that's just how it goes. It sounds so, athletic, dashy. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Hopefully she uh, she likes that nickname, but we'll, uh, we'll chat with her right now. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And thank you, Max. My pleasure, Jamie. Episode three of Dinos Unfiltered underway here. I'm Jeremy Lee, Max Sterley in studio. Hello, hello. And our special guest, Jenna Birch-Jones from Field Hockey. <laughs> Great to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. First uh, podcast for you, I oh, understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excited? Um, yes. <laughs> and nervous? Yes. Oh. <laughs> what kind of uh, interview experience do you have? None. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than jobs, but yeah. 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 How'd the jobs interview go? A lot of the time, I just wing it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of what this podcast is about, too. Yeah. So, no, we'll, we trust your ability to wing it. Yeah. But this will be a lot more fun, I hope so anyway. Just curious, do you have a nickname by any chance? Yeah, like Jonesy. <laughs> Jonesy. Yeah. So he doesn't stray far from hockey, no, right, Max? Not at all, just adding the Y to the... Like yeah. Basically. Right? And then my new coach, he's like Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> but it's interesting because um, my brother, he plays football back for Hansworth, and he gets nicknamed Birchie. I was, that was my next yeah. guess. My yeah, last name hyphenated, yeah. and I just, when I learned that, I was like, oh, it's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> Looking at, um, you know, where you came from, North Vancouver, mm -hmm. BC native. Max also is from uh, BC. Nice. And so Vancouver, too. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually went to Collingwood School. Oh, so okay. I had a couple of buddies from Hansworth, but I know at least from a field hockey and basketball lens, like when I, when I played basketball and stuff, Hansworth was always a rival school for us, so was yeah. it the same playing field hockey for you? 
I would definitely say Collingwood was up there on the list of teams that we really did not like. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely, I think, a rivalry. Um, what year did you graduate? I graduated 2012. 2012, okay. Yeah. So a little bit more removed in that sense. But yeah. We, we had, um, you know, a handful of players go to UBC after or go to the States. Like, I know a couple names off the top of my head, like Leah Frome. She went to Boston College and... Um, I think Lauren Annabelle was another one who's really sick. I think she went to USC or Berkeley or something, but that was a pretty common practice too. A lot of the girls went to the States. Yeah. I don't know if, if it was the same for you, but was your experience there was like, you know, a couple of years later, was field hockey just as big in, in Vancouver still? Because I know during my time it was huge. Yeah, it's it's always been huge. I think definitely as I was going through my high school career, I definitely saw it grow there was a number of programs that people jumped around. There was Field Hockey BC. There was the Adanax. Uh, they had a couple of programs specifically aimed for high school students. And then there jumped in a program, Rob Short Coaching Academy. He was a national team player for Canada and then just turned over and made this whole program. Right. And there was a little bit of rivalry, I think, between Rob Short's program and uh, Field Hockey BC. So you definitely had to choose one or the other. Sure. And... I would say definitely both two programs were really, they were really looking to develop the players so that they could help them to be acknowledged by scouters of both the states and Canadian um, sure, yeah. Yeah, field hockey teams. Yeah, I believe it. And now that you've been here for quite some time, what, what are some of the biggest differences you notice between field hockey BC and field hockey Alberta? Whether that's in the sense of popularity of the sport the resources available to you as an athlete or tournaments or exposure I'm, I'm curious about that yeah I would say I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is that down in over in Vancouver you you would start around kindergarten I don't know necessarily preschool but quite young elementary start playing field hockey and I mean it's just it's a joke the kids just you can't obviously expect them to have that much of skills developed after a couple of years but sure. it's a younger um, age introduction for sure and then when you come over here I think it's more popular in Calgary especially for girls to be more around high school introduced and start playing with the sport wow. so it is quite I think an age difference but I mean in terms of the skill difference you'll find some girls here in Alberta who if they have the ice hockey background they can swap over, swap over to right. field hockey and it's it's actually so easy for them to pick up the slightly different kind of stick skills um did you did you have any hockey background growing none, up none just mm. field hockey yeah. yeah so by your token talking about how vancouver kids specifically start really early did you start early yes yeah i was definitely a younger um you start on grass and then not until you're into i think high school you really get on the turf which is the water-based kind of carpet yeah and it's a huge difference for how fast the speed of the ball and the speed of the game can be. And one, can you be more injury prone to the other? Oh, I mean, rug burn pretty much sucks mm. on the <laughs> carpet. Um, I mean, if it moves faster and the ball can kind of skip maybe, I think, a little bit more with the carpet-based turf. What brought you out to Calgary anyway? I mean, there's, uh, talking with Max earlier, a lot of people in, in the BC area, and he was saying, they go either play Div 1 or they stay at home, whatever it is. Uh, what brings you out, I guess, east in this case? Um, I still consider it Canada West because out east is way over <laughs> yeah. onto Ontario. Yeah. 
Um, well, for the first thing was looking academically. A lot of my friends, whether they were sports, um, wanting to go as an athlete or not, they were looking out east, out east. And then the more I thought about it, the more it just, it was a bit too distant from home. Calgary was kind of that sweet spot because yes, they also had the field hockey program. And I was really looking forward to playing as a student athlete in the perfect terms. It was just like my sweet spot. Yeah, UBC was just, just too close to home. Plus, there is a whole bunch of other factors that come into play when you really start narrowing it down. Yeah. And some of your teammates from Hansworth Royals, right, if I remember correctly? Yeah. Um, where did they end up from a field hockey lens? Oh, so we had actually a complete kind of diverse. We had a couple girls go down to the, skate, to the States on, um, I can't remember how much of a scholarship, but they got offered scholarships, which is really awesome. Otherwise, it was all over Canada the universities out east and west and I think also half the girls kind of just left it and then right. started playing and they turned to um, kind of rec league. There's a couple of strong programs from the BC area, uh, Victoria and UBC and uh, Calgary in comparison hasn't quite had the success as uh, those teams have had. W you know what was your mindset coming into uh, into Calgary? Oh, it was, I would say it was pretty exciting in the sense that it was, it had the vibes of an upcoming, it was, it was growing. There was a lot of potential for Calgary. There just kind of seemed this atmospheric feel and also just kind of a mindset feel that there was a lot of change coming, that there was a lot of effort and focus going to be put into not only the field hockey Alberta program, but also the Dinos field hockey program. Mm -hmm. When I came over my first year, there was actually um, a coach who worked with Rob Short Coaching Academy who was also devoting, I would say, his energy and time into the uh, Dinos program. Yeah. However, I think over the year that kind of dwindled out. Um, it definitely started off with there was a lot of energy and it just felt like there was a lot of potential and excitement in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does it kind of feel like, or did it feel at the time almost like a grassroots movement for, you know, putting field hockey more on the map in Alberta. And even, you know, from the Dinos program, like Jeremy said, maybe not as prestigious or as well-recognized, but, you know, looking to start something new and, you know, maybe change the culture around the sport. Yeah, there's definitely, over my five years, it definitely feels that there's been a growth. There's been definitely, um, there's been more and more effort and more recognition. And there's more that the Dinos program is trying to do in, in terms of, helping with the communities and bringing also that pride to the university because we want more and more to have that recognition and bring back a win, kind of a winning culture for the team. And that's going to take more and more effort from multiple standpoints and factors and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I guess like, like with that in mind, um, coming from a winning program and then coming here, yeah, I, I'm curious how you manage that mentally because – Losing sucks, obviously. Like yep. It's never a fun time. There's obviously lessons you can learn, but it's never, it's, it doesn't feel good when you lose. So what was that like for you, you know, coming into your own in the, in your first year as a dyno and then going through some, you know, tougher seasons versus having all this success at Hansworth? Yeah. Oh my God. It tests your character for sure. <laughs> I would say... In Hansworth, you definitely, we definitely shared this ego that our, we knew our team was pretty skilled. 
it was super fun too. I really enjoyed our team. I think we just really lucked out. We just had a lot of talent on the team uh, for the couple years that we played. When we came here, there was my teammate Meg Norlander and I, and another friend of mine. She also played with Hansworth. I think there were three of us. We came, and Meg and I have stayed with the program with the Dinos, and we've shared the experiences together. So coming from a winning team into a team where it's really all about, you know, the amount of hard work that you put into it because it's definitely a little bit more of a program that's in the works. It's sure. still trying to improve. Um, it was hard. <laughs> it definitely shakes you up a little bit because it really makes you start to focus on the little things and on the execution of yes, the physical components, but also the mentality behind it too. So it's it was a challenge, that is for sure. But it's been really rewarding at the same time. I think it's been such a beneficial life lesson in a sense because it's really taught me the best way that I can how to handle this kind of a situation where it's just basically all about how much work you can put into not only your own performance and execution, but how the best you can help the team. And yeah, holy smokes, it's been a challenge, but I think it's been such a rewarding challenge in the sense because you really learn how to appreciate the little things and the little positives, even if you have um, not all the results that you want. I just wanted to ask you about the Canada West Conference. There's only three teams in there and all the other sports that I've been around and been exposed to, you're think you're looking at like eight teams, ten teams sometimes. What's it like playing just two other opponents and it, like the familiarity factor is is a huge piece, right? Yeah. Oh my God. So <laughs> we got, um, so here in Canada we got Canada West, Canada East. Uh, Canada West only has the three teams total. That's right. UBC, Victoria, and yep. you guys. Yeah, yeah. So in the past, I think they might have had just a couple of like maybe two other teams i'm not entirely confident on which teams they were but i want to say it was like u of a or um a team in um, saskatchewan or something okay anyways those teams got cut and when you go out to canada east there's i think eight or so teams that they get to play with each other mm. um in terms for us over here in canada west we've got uvic and ubc um both in a very field hockey aware and a field hockey uh, dominant sport, I would say, especially for the girls, because growing up in high school, it was a really, really um, common sport to be influenced by. So when you look at the amount of resources that they have too, it, I think it just drives so much more competition and it brings so much resources for them to flourish, definitely. And then on top of that, they have national title players playing for those teams. So it's a little bit intimidating <laughs> when you come across that factor. So um, in terms of when we go over to play or when they come here, it's, it's definitely a level that we try to um, equate with them. And we, of course, are striving to bring as much of a winning culture as possible, but at the same time, if you look at our results and the stats from previous years, we haven't had the best of luck, but it has been more recent, a bit of a turnaround. So it's 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 an interesting one. What are the rivalries like on the field? Well, that's what I want to know because 
it's like if someone took a shot at you, you'd be like, ah, I can see you tomorrow. <laughs> I can see you next yeah, weekend. Because like, like for other sports, you're playing them. Um, you see them once, like once a year. Yeah. You know, like you right? know, something happens in October, you don't see them till, till January or yeah, something. Yeah, or you might not see them again yeah, for that year, exactly. right? Yeah, but for you, you're like, like, oh, I might. Oh, s- <laughs> we're playing them six more times. <laughs> yeah, actually, and I haven't even thought of it that way. So yeah, um, I would say. Let me plant that seed for you then. <laughs> um, definitely for sure. I mean, field hockey is technically supposed to be a non-contact sport, but I mean, you can still get, you can find ways to get dirty or to piss off your opponents. So we've had our coaches in the past and the present really kind of want us to have that tough attitude going into games, like get tough. If you have to get dirty, you can get a little dirty. Obviously you don't want to be making any refs piffs off or anything. So for the factor that, of course, yes, you play them and then you play them the next day after when you're on the field, you really can get heated in the moment. Mm -hmm. And considering field hockey is a non-contact sport, there are still ways that you can you can get physical and you can kind of get a little bit dirty. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is encouraged to be tough and to go out there and to fight for the ball and as an effective and you know clean but we've had um we've had games where yes we have players get heated in moments and it will get the better of them and then yes it can cause the whole atmosphere of the game to really get it to a next level um i would say at the end of the day though or even at the end of the game players are pretty good at leaving it on the field which I've really noticed. I think from the years of practice that we've had, seeing each other over and over again, um, both sides of the teams, I would say. And then there is a number of BC girls on our team. We know quite a number of UVic or UBC players. So, I mean, after games, there will be kind of mingling, and it's totally fine. It looks like no one's taking anything personal. Um, In terms of playing each other over and over again, you might remember that a certain player plays a specific way, whether it be dirty or whether it be um, sly or they just, they, they'll build a reputation for themselves mm. and you'll know and you'll be able to recognize, okay, watch this girl. Because, yeah, it's definitely, you get used to very specific players and their very specific styles of play. Um, and I'm curious, like on that token, um, is it something that you prefer playing playing like a really set number of teams all the time or would you you know obviously coming into your fifth year it's not something you've experienced but do you think that's something you would want playing different teams and different opponents and and different you know facing different styles of play or do you do you enjoy like you know almost in a way knowing what to expect yeah even continuing to learn more and more about the specific teams i would say it's a bit of both that I appreciate uh, having a small uh, having a small group of teams uh, that we get to play against you really get to know and understand their dynamics kind of their tacticals and their styles of play for sure and then that's where you can become really familiar in how you can adapt your own style of play best way to try and dominate against them in the other sense it's really I think also really enjoyable to have more adversity diversity and the more teams you get the more interesting it is as well yeah just playing two teams gets kind of short or it gets kind of um 
it gets boring real fast. <laughs> but you also had a chance to play Toronto, right? Yeah. And then so that's kind of like a breath of fresh air. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So especially looking at our history with UVic and UBC, it's really built our character of perseverance, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's taught us resilience. And when we go over to UT, and this is the second preseason that we've had uh, playing against a couple of other different teams, it's really rewarding to see when the styles of plays and the dynamics and everything we've learned playing against UVic and UBC really works against other teams. And then we can see different results, and it's a lot more of a rewarding effect, I would say. So you guys managed to get a couple points last season, which is huge because you guys hadn't gotten points since 2012, I believe. Yeah. Um, with those strides in mind, how are you looking to take the next step to further strengthen the program? Uh, what's your outlook and the encouraging signs for this upcoming season? Ooh. Um, <laughs> we have quite a... So, for example, our coach is one change that's happened recently who's got quite a different mindset than the coach that we had previously. So he came into the program super ambitious and he's got quite a number of ideas up his sleeves and he's always playing around with uh, new possibilities. And He's from the Netherlands too, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So okay. if you look culturally at the differences uh, over in the Netherlands, field hockey is... If I want, if I say, if I think, I think I'm saying this correctly. I think it's the dominant sport over there. It's huge. It's absolutely just huge, and the level of skills and the level of play that they have at about, I would say maybe like a five-year difference from mm. here is about equal. It's just it's, it's insane. You go over there and girls so young are playing at your level, <laughs> and it's. Oh God, it's kind of like a slap in the face, but it's also like a, like, damn, I wish I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So in terms of our program, I would say, I mean, we've had so many benefiting influences over the years. And I think more and more the program's becoming a lot more of a competitive nature and there's a lot more <laughs> interest, I would say. Uh, they're trying really hard to build the Dinos field hockey reputation and make it as admirable and attractive to younger populations as possible. And at the same time, we have so many girls on our team who presently and in the past have done so much kind of community work, just giving back and coaching younger ages. So that's mm. a huge influence, I think, as well. And on that token, starting the season tomorrow mm-hmm. against UBC for Pride Fest. So I guess... Outside of a normal pregame question, how are you feeling going into it? How, how do you think the team looks? <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that our coach is very optimistic, which is really, really helping our team. Um, it'll be interesting because you can only go off what you hear in rumors um, about other teams. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I I heard this player, this player has left the team. I heard they got this many number of rookies. I hear they're good. And it's just like, you can only guess and assume. So I find what we often do is we will often look at UBC and UVic like they're really strong. So it kind of really hypes us up to thinking, okay, like we got to bring it. Like we got to get our asses on that field and we got to just give our a game so i would say there's a lot of nerves before especially the first game 
And then it's not until we get into the kind of the flow of, I um, would say maybe like the first half that we start to figure out sometimes, oh my God, we have a chance. And then we go from this mentality thinking of, ah, oh, like, are we going to match them? Are we going to get smushed? Mm. Or then when we start to realize that, no, we are literally equal in skills and levels and whatnot, then it's, it's, it's really interesting to see the dynamics and kind of the, um, the atmosphere within our team just really change. As you head into your fifth year, how has your role changed or is more expected of you as you enter your final season with the Dinos? Um, so when I first came here, I I just remember really looking up to the senior players and to the older girls, and I just thought, wow, they just carry this team. I mean, I'm just here probably as a filler. I didn't really think I made that much of a difference. And then you start to kind of realize over the years as you get older and your seniority progresses you're like wow I'm really starting to carry the team a little bit and at least you're contributing more than you realize at first and especially when you have younger years you realize wow these girls actually might look up to me in a sense and then when you realize that it's like okay I really got to get on my case I've been making sure that I'm actually doing <laughs> the right things you know I'm setting an example so um Especially coming up this season, there's a lot to keep in mind, especially both on and off the field-wise in terms of the kind of atmosphere and team culture that we want not only to have in the current uh, season but carry forward and help develop and keep as much of a benefiting direction as possible. Sure, so and it extends past when you're here even right like exactly. that, that's a good that's a really good point yeah that's that's always something to try and that I try to keep in mind it's not always about my time here it's about how much I can help to influence as much into the future programs as possible just curious Jenna um intermingling with other uh dino teams here on campus is a big uh component of student life and um I know a lot of the uh same teams whether it's men's and women's hockey men's and women's volleyball men's and women's basketball they kind of hang out together but there's no men's field hockey team yeah. here in calgary so just curious who are you guys the most tight with and who, who do you hang out with um from one of the other sports <laughs> honestly i'm gonna have to say the most interaction that we've really had are with the the ice men's hockey team mm. yeah we've had um in the past, we had a couple friendly matches where we invited the men's hockey team out into the field hockey pitch because, I mean, we can't go to the freaking ice rink and skate <laughs> because not all of us have actually ever learned to skate. So anyways, it was really funny watching the men's ice hockey team come out onto the field because the dynamics are quite different for them. I mean, not until I maybe... 10, 15 minutes into our match, we had so many guys on the Ice Hut men's hockey team just swearing their heads <laughs> off and they'd just be out of gas and it was absolutely hilarious. But at the same time, it got so dangerous so fast because they'd start golf swinging at the balls and it was just kind of like a mayhem of a game. We pretty much put all players onto the field and it was just a crap load of people. But it was pretty damn funny. And I think they really enjoyed it because they've actually asked about playing again this year. So I they mean, want a rematch. Maybe. Yeah. So it kind of shocked us. We were like, oh, damn, you actually enjoyed that. So <laughs> it was pretty funny. I don't think we necessarily 
went out and absolutely dominated them because I mean they are also absolutely huge dudes because <laughs> they're tall and it was low-key intimidating but it was pretty fun I think for the most part for both parts and there's probably less room for you to operate on the field hey? oh my god completely yeah and then they just they're not used to they didn't have shin pads either so they're just kind of running at you and then as soon as we would go to hit the ball they'd all of them would just jump and just kind of <laughs> dodge out of the way it was it was kind of funny to watch that sense <laughs> I mean there were some star players it was it was actually really surprising some of them were super skilled with sending the ball down the field and they'd sprint and they could they could dangle a little bit and it was pretty impressive mm -hmm. and then when it came to the shots it would just be like it would just be way <laughs> off net sometimes <laughs> but it was good it was actually super impressive for the most part because I mean it is a pretty different skill sense but at the same time it's quite close in comparison so yeah it was pretty funny it was really it was a really good time <laughs> so again thank you Jenna for coming in. Uh, we'll end off on this question today, but who has the best Instagram on the team? And if you can, without suing anyone or whatever, who <laughs> might need some help in that regard? Oh, easy. Um, I'm first going to do a huge shout out to my teammate, Lauren Hayes. She's got quite an eye for the Instagram and she's helped a number of our teammates <laughs> improve their Instagram. So yeah, she's the talented one for sure. Um, for our other, <laughs> the other end of the, oh God. So I would say that we've got a number of people on our Instagram. That um, list is long, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we got um, we got a couple teammates who I don't even think have Instagram. We've got two new rookies. Not gonna shout them out, but who didn't even have Facebook until this year. You guys know who you are. <laughs> so. Um, I would say if I really had to sue someone, I'm going to go with Maddie Mac. Sorry, <laughs> but your Instagram sucks. <laughs> Don't take it personal, but <laughs> I'm sure she's a lot better on the field than, than, than oh, she yeah. is with the Instagram, right? Oh, of so, course. Yes. She can, she can excel in a lot of ways, but sorry, Maddie. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for coming in. Really great to have you here, Jenna. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> This episode of Dinos Unfiltered is a presentation of Dinos Athletics. Episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our website, godinos.com. Make sure to check out the website or the Go Dinos app for schedules and tickets to all your favorite games. And if you can't make it out to the game, remember that our games are streamed on Canada West TV presented by Co-op. Thanks to my special guests today and hope you'll join us in the next episode.